Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. My name is Pastor Scott. I did uproot my life and come here uh, from San Diego to Utah, and I love it. I'm so glad I did. Um, I'm originally from Detroit, so if I get a little ghetto, just give me a little grace. Uh, I went to a mostly black high school, and so, you know, I even wanted to be black, and, uh, and God had to work on my heart. He said, no, you're white. Stop trying to be something you're not. And, uh, but so I became a Christian uh, and really made that decision for myself when I was 18. And, uh, and I was in engineering, um, I was in high school, but then I went into engineering and then I interned at my church and uh, I really felt the call to ministry. And so I was like, well, what does that look like? Where do I go? And I ended up at a Bible school in Florida. And from there, I thought I was going to be a youth pastor. And then the school split after my first semester. And, uh, and then I, it, I had two choices of which school to go to. And I was like, oh, God, where, where, where do I go? What do I do here? And um, I prayed about it. And I, because I wanted to be a youth pastor, I chose one school. And then every day I would come home and something wouldn't sit right. Like, I was like, oh, what is this? Like, did I make the wrong choice? I mean, I got counsel. I thought I heard from you. Like, what's going on? So I, that Thursday night, there was a service going on at the other school. And I decided to go to it thinking that it would confirm I was exactly where I needed to be. And all it ended up doing was confusing me more. It showed me that there was like these two great schools. And, I, and I'm like, but God, what, what is going on? That's a, like the missions focused school. I don't, I don't. I'm youth pastor. I should be here, right? And so God wouldn't let me rest. I, I finally said, God, I'm going to go to this. I'm going to leave this one school and go to this other school. And as soon as I said it, I felt this peace. And I didn't understand it, you know, because I, I thought I was supposed to be over here, but God had other plans for me, just like some of you in this room today. There's some of you that have, you've got the five-year plan, the 10-year plan, the 20-year plan, and you think you've got it all figured out, but I'm here to tell you today that there's some things that are not going to go your way, and those things aren't because God's trying to, to derail your plan. He's actually trying to get you in his plan for your life, and so... That, that school, that decision for me, it ended up taking me all around uh, living in five different states, like going to 13 different countries, doing missions, like traveling the world. I ended up in California, the farthest thing you can from Michigan, met a little surfer girl, and, uh, and uh, she like tied a noose around my ankle. I was like, what's, what's, what's that for? She's like, you're not getting away. <laughs> She turned this vagabond into a homebody, right? Um, but so it's funny because I was reminded of those, uh, those travels, and I, I actually spent three months in Africa, and I was there working with orphanages and teaching in schools and, and reaching out to, like, the, 
what are those? I forget what they're called, but people. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and uh, I remember I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And after that trip, God brought back to my remembrance of a time that I, uh, it was seventh grade and I was in social studies class. And I remember this, um, my teacher, he's, he, we're looking and I can see the pictures of Africa. And I remember making this little tiny vow, like little prayer. I was like, God, I'll, I'll do anything for you. All right, this is kind of before I went off the rails, but I was like, God, but please don't ever send me to Africa. Thank God that he didn't answer my prayer because I absolutely loved it when go back there in the drop of a dime if he called me to. And so today we're going to be talking about those unanswered prayers. Those things that we've cried out to God, please take this away. These, God, please do this, heal this, bring this. I need money. I need a spouse. I need a miracle. Uh, but sometimes we're not seeing the fruit of those answers, right? And so the title of my message today is You Almighty, right? He'll read anything on that teleprompter. So the, the real question remains, is, is, it, is it you almighty or is God almighty? Because too oftentimes we, we say we believe in God, you know, but is he the Lord of our life? Is he all actually almighty or is he just kind of like, a nice thing that I do on Sundays, or or when it's not sunny out, maybe I'll go to church. Or <laughs> oh, but it's 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 good uh, good dunes out in the desert right now. Like if if God is optional in that way, even when it comes to church on a Sunday, I would dare to say He is maybe not Lord Almighty in your life. And so so we're going to talk about dealing with disappointment. And hopefully changing your perspective or your perception of some things that have happened to you in the past. Um, you know, uh, there's probably some answered, you know, I think we've all experienced those unanswered prayers. I, I, I uh, in California a few years ago, the, uh, I don't think they've got the Powerball here. I don't know. Maybe they do. Powerball. Oh, yeah. Good Mormons. They don't gamble, right? So... There, you know, so I don't gamble either. I, I'm not really a gambler, uh, but the Powerball was up to about 900 million. And, and I was like, well, if I don't hold a ticket, there's no way God can answer the prayer that I'm about to pray. So I have to, I have to give myself a chance, right? So... I bought my ticket for $1, and then I did, I did the prayer. Don't, some of you are acting like this is, yeah, I know some of you have done this. <laughs> Lord, if, if this is the winning ticket, I, I promise that I'll tithe on it. I promise that I'll, I'll give to all the orphans in the whole world. Um, I, I promise I won't let money change me if you would just let me be the winner. And as you can tell by my Target boots, I didn't win that day. <sighs> it's all right. One day I'll be rocking Gucci head to toe everything. 
No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to. I don't want to. So God didn't answer that prayer. Uh, but in all seriousness, there's, there's also the earnest prayers that we pray. Like I was saying earlier, there's the, the prayers of healings, of salvations, of miracles, of, of praying and believing for a spouse. Um, and, you know, and some of you will be like, I've been praying a really long time. When are they coming? You know, and, and God could just be trying to make you the right spouse for them. But we're too busy. We're too busy thinking, I just need somebody to love me for who I am. And it's like, man, you don't even tie your shoes. You haven't showered in a week. Like, you, you want God to bring you a blind uh, girl who can't smell? Well, I don't. Be the change. Be the change you want. Um, but so, uh, talking again about earnest prayers, um, my father, he, uh, passed away in about 2008 and he was only in his fifties and it was very unexpected, came out of nowhere. And he had uh, this, I, they, they didn't even fully give it a diagnosis or maybe they did. I just don't remember it, but his leg would literally blow up two and three times its size to the point where he would have to go sometimes to the hospital and get it drained. And, and so this happened a few different times. But So one time he goes in the hospital for this, and he never comes back out. And so I get a phone call from my aunt, and she's like, hey, there, you're, you really probably need to get back home. And I'm like, no, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. I got faith. And he's like, no, you really need to get back home. And... Uh, so I, I could weigh that there was seriousness in the situation. So I, I flew home, um, and we, Jenny and I were just dating at the time. And Jenny, she had only met my father once, because, I mean, it was just like months before. And she's she all said, the next thing I know, she's flying out to him. I'm like, you didn't have to do that, you know? Like, I'm not going to marry you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> just kidding. She already had the rope on. She was like, you're, you're not going back to Michigan. And so, <laughs> and so I get there and th there's, there was this, there were some people that were just had faith and there were some people that were just like expecting the worst. And I was one of those people that had faith and I really believed that God was going to pull my father out of it. I was praying. I was a Bible college student and I had faith and I was going to believe. I've seen miracles before and I, I believe that, that God was going to answer this prayer. And so after a week's time he was still in the induced coma, nothing, no changes and uh, I said, but I, I can't stay here indefinitely. I have to get back to California. We have work. We have all these things. Don't worry. God's going to come through with this. And uh, Literally, like, the, after the day after I get home, my, my mom calls me and said, hey, they pulled the plug, and your dad passed away. And the heaviest moment of my life that I had experienced, I broke down on the floor crying. I couldn't talk. I was just broken. I was disappointed. I was, like, angry. God, what... <laughs> What, what, what is this for if, if you can't answer the prayers of those things that are earnest prayers? I'm not praying for some Lamborghini. I'm not praying for, you know, some million-dollar mansion. I'm praying for the life of my father. 
And so in that season, God didn't answer that prayer. And it, and it actually, it took me a little while to come back to what God did through that season and where there were actually people that attended that funeral that ended up giving their life back to the Lord um, because they saw the faith that the legacy that his sons, his two sons still had, still believe. And they're like, wow, like here they just lost their father and they still believe. They still didn't, they saw an unanswered promise, but they still believe that God is good, that he loves you, that he's for you. And so, um, you know, so today we're going to be talking about some of those things because if we're not careful, when we experience those unanswered prayers, we can let doubt, fear, anger, resentment become the thing that, that, dictates our life. We play the victim card and we allow um, ourselves to see the world through that lens where you no longer trust people, you know, because you were hurt and you expect the worst or, and so we want to shift something inside of you today. If you've never experienced that, that's awesome. If God just answers your prayers all the time, that's awesome. But I know there's many of you here today that, that you've experienced this side of what I'm talking about, these unanswered prayers. God cares more about your character than he does about giving, supplying every need and want that you have. A good father, right? Like when my kids are like, dad, can I have some candy? Dad, can I have some candy? And I'm like, no, son, no, we haven't eaten dinner yet, right? Like I, I would not be a good parent if I just gave my kids whatever they want. My kids would be up to midnight, like drinking coffee uh, with a lollipop in one hand, running around naked, like, as a good parent, I have to, I have to guide them or direct them, let them know, like, maybe no, maybe no is not forever. Maybe no is not right now. And so, you know, Joseph in the Bible, he, uh, he experienced a dream. He experienced uh, a vision where he saw God uh, or where he saw his brothers and his father and they were bowing down to him. And he's like, oh man, that's a awesome dream. I'm going to go share that with them right now. And God, you didn't, you didn't tell them beforehand that they didn't receive that dream too well. They thought you're crazy. You're ridiculous. So much so that they hated him and sold him into slavery. And so God gave that vision, right? But then 13 years goes by, 13 years of slavery, 13 years of prison, 13 years of, of, of not seeing a fulfilled promise. But I think the reason that it did come to pass was because Joseph, Joseph never gave up believing. He never gave up believing. He knew who his God was. He knew that he trusted him. He, he could believe in him. He knew that he could take even this pit situation and turn it into something awesome. Um, Abraham, right? Abraham, they, God changed his name from Abram to, to Abraham, which means not just father. Abraham, Abram means father. Abraham means father of many. <laughs> Before he had any children, <laughs> God's got such a funny humor. So, and so people would meet Abraham and they're like, oh man, how many kids do you got? N none. <laughs> and they would walk away confused. Wait, you're supposed to be Abraham. You're supposed to have many children and you got none? 
Abraham decided to try and take things into his own hands. He's like, yo, maidservant, um, maybe she can help this along, right? So he jumped the gun. He, he, he did something stupid. Like, God was like, why didn't you just trust? Why didn't you just wait? Like, you just, now you have Ishmael, and that's not going to go well for you. I stay, I'll stay true to my promise. I will. Believe in me. And then he had his son with Sarah. The disciples, <clears throat> they, uh, they believed the Messiah was supposed to come back and, and take his rightful place on the throne and be in Rome, probably kick out you know, the Roman emperor. And, the, and, and the, they were like, we're going to rule right alongside you, Jesus, right? We're going to just take over this world. We're going to have chariots and armies, and it's going to be awesome. And then Jesus dies on a cross. No, no, that's not how it was supposed to go, God. I expected that it would go this way. And they walked away despondent. They walked away hurting. They walked away broken, feeling like, what was all of this? He wasn't supposed to die. But little did they know, God has a plan. And so, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Seek me and find me. So, too many times we, uh, we say we're seeking, but we're really just throwing God some leftovers. If we want to experience him, we really do have to seek him. We do have to not just say our list of prayers and then just bounce. We actually have to stay, wait, listen. He's wanting to speak. He's wanting to reveal and show you things. But we have to seek him with all our heart. So today, I'm gonna, we're going to take some lessons from a movie. You probably figured it out. Uh, Bruce Almighty, all right? So Bruce Nolan, he's a television reporter in Buffalo, New York. He's discontented with almost everything in his life despite his popularity and love of his girlfriend, Grace. At the end of the worst day of his life, Bruce angrily ridicules and rages against God, and God responds. God appears in human form, and endowing Bruce with divine powers challenges Bruce to take on the big job to see if he could do it any better. So this first clip is kind of before he, he gets those powers, but you can see where his frustration is coming from. Thank God you're all right. God, yeah, let's thank God, shall we? For his blessings are raining down upon me. Wait, that's not rain! Bruce, please don't do that, honey. You know that everything happens for a reason. That I don't need. That is a cliche. That is not helpful to me. A bird in the hands or two in the bush. I have no bird. I have no bush. God has taken my bird in my bush. Oh, I see. So, so God is picking on you? Is that what you're saying? No, he's ignoring me completely. He's far too busy giving Evan everything he wants. Oh, that's great, Sam. But you missed your target. I'm over here! Don't get mad at the dog. It's not the dog's fault. No, it's God's fault. I gave him the wrong coordinates. All right, you know what? Enough. All right, will you just stop being such a martyr? I am not being a martyr. I'm a victim. God is a mean kid sitting on an anthill with a magnifying glass, and I'm the ant. He could fix my life in five minutes if he wanted to, but he'd rather burn off my feelers and watch me squirm! All right, sweetheart, I know that you're mad. It's completely understandable what Evan did is slimy and wrong. But this day could have been so much worse. 
I'm just glad you're okay. Okay? Newsflash! I'm not okay. I'm not okay with a mediocre job. I'm not okay with a mediocre apartment. I'm not okay with a mediocre life! So is that what you think that we have? A mediocre life? Don't make this about you. <laughs> about me? How can I make this about me? It's about you. It's always about you. Perfect. Perfect. I'll have the worst day of my life with a side order of guilt, please. Some of us that hit that hit home a little. It wasn't quite that funny, right? I was, we were watching this earlier this week. Jenny, she was like, I feel like I'm watching a scene from our past. And I said, I, I agree with you, babe. I remember those, those moments of frustration, of anger, of disappointment, just manifesting into these outbursts. So, Bruce... He feels angry. He feels ignored. He's now taking it out on those that he, who love him. He's right. He's playing the victim. And we do too. And if we're not careful, right, that's the world through which we'll see that the world's against us, that everything goes wrong every day, like, and you begin to expect the worst. So how do we avoid getting to this place, or if you're already in this place, how do we get out? So I feel like God showed me a few things that we're going to do to shift the perspective, to shift the circumstance, to shift how we're seeing these events that are happening in our life. So the first one is realistic expectations. So God, he's not your personal genie. He's not your personal genie for all your wants, all your desires. Um, I think, oh, she's so cute. I think when, when we first get a Christian, I, I, God has this level of grace. When you, it's like all your prayers seem to get answered when you first become a Christian, like, like nothing. You know, no work for it, just nothing. Like, I just kind of thought it'd be nice if, and then it happens, right? It's just like these like, Instead of nine-month pregnancies, these babies just popping out, right? And but after you've been a Christian for a while, like you begin to see, wait, why don't my prayers get answered like back then? It's because God cares more about you and your character, right, than just giving whatever you want. And so there's a lot of seasoned Christians here, and I believe that like a lot of us are going through some things. But my my hope is that we can walk away with a trust and a belief that God is good, that he's for you, that he loves you, that he actually has the best plan for you. So, um, yeah, so we have to begin to see these events or circumstances as a blip, as one small event that will no, not go on to be the thing that is your identity. Um. Matthew 6, 33, 34 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. 
But like I said earlier, are we seeking God first? Or do we just come after Google has been exhausted and we don't have the answers there? Point number two, we have to let it go. We have to actually give this thing to God. Realize that we don't have control of everything and that the sooner we give God that trust, the sooner off it's going to be better for us. We have to reframe sometimes what has happened in your life. Can you find the positive even in the worst situation? Can you do that? Or are you going to continue to look at it? This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Like God doesn't care. So there was this, this little puzzle that I was doing the other day. And it was like these little pictures and, and you put them together and you, you create a, a, a country, right? And so I saw this jar of like jelly preserves and I was like, gel. And then I put the second part of the word and I was like, I can't get this answer. Every time I look at this, there's no country that's gel. What, what is this? It doesn't make sense. So I peeked at the answer and it was jam. It was jam, it was Jamaica. So I got so focused on that this answer had to be jelly that I completely missed it. I was getting frustrated. I was getting annoyed. Like, why can't I figure this out? It's jelly, right? But it wasn't jelly. It was jam. And sometimes we do that in life, right? We get so focused on this thing. And instead of going back and looking at it from a different angle or from a different perspective and saying, God, actually, wait, were you doing something here? We're, I mean... The devil doesn't have full control to do whatever he wants. So how are, how are you going to turn this situation into something for my good? We have to do that. So there was a season where um, it felt like loss after loss. Loss of jobs. Uh, you know, the new job I had to take. I was... Uh, I had to work at nights with an unpredictable schedule. So the, the, one of the things that I loved, I was part of the theater team. And... Uh, and I could no longer be a part of it anymore. I was like, so now I have to do this job. I can't, can't do some of the things that I love. And I felt like God was against me. And, and it just felt like setback after setback. But God was actually doing something in that season. He was taking me through some things. He was exposing some areas that maybe I had put my trust in or maybe I had put my identity in, that were above him. And, and God's like, I'm the one who gave you those gifts. Don't think that I don't want you using them, but if those gifts are the idol, you're missing it. And so there, there was a season where I had to get put down, but then like a few years before we left here, they, they called up and said, God, you know, would you consider doing this? And I was like, uh, I had a new job at that moment, and I, I was like, I guess but there was a part of me that was still hurt right I was hurt I was like almost like I wanted to say God I'm gonna take my my gift and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let anybody else play with it right <laughs> but I said all right God this is you probably redeeming something this is you changing something rewriting this the narrative of this story and so I said yes and I got to do one of those things again that I loved and uh and that happened actually before coming out here again, where we don't have a full theater team yet. But it was kind of like God saying, I'm redeeming that. Don't think that I didn't see that situation. 
Point number three is we've got to get back to work. What are the things in your control that you can do? And, and not the things like Abraham trying to take back and do it the wrong way, but the things that you can control, the things that you can do to change your situation, to change the narrative. Those are the things we have to get back to doing. And, and we have to get the focus off us because that's where we're most unhappy. It's when it's all about us. When you are almighty, when you're the one sitting on the throne, that's really, when the focus is just on you, it was never meant to be there. The focus is when you begin to shift it out, and I'm not saying blame, I'm saying focus and be the, the, the answer for somebody else, to, to be a blessing to somebody else, to do something that puts them, the focus off you, you'll actually begin to feel yourself come alive. Because you weren't created to be the silo that just gets, gets, gets. You were actually meant to be able to, to get fed and give back. Get fed and give back. Get fed and give back. So I'm going to show another clip here. And uh, so Bruce, he's already been giving uh, God's powers and all he's done with it is just right some wrongs. He gave himself a fancy car. He made sure that he got the job promotion. Like he's kind of, he's got all the power in the world and he's only used it to think about himself. And so, um, you know, people were praying and, and they wanted to win the lotto. So guess what in this movie? 400,000 people win the lotto. <laughs> and then the guy flips, oh, $17. Because Bruce decided that to, rather than be bo bothered with everybody's issues, I'm just going to get say yes to whatever they want. So chaos ensues. The world's it's Armageddon. Uh, let's roll the clip. Are you here? Hello? I need your help! Clap on! Clap on! Clap on! Clap on! Clap on! Figures! Well, hello there, Bruce Almighty. <laughs> Not as easy as it looks, is it, son? This God business. They're all out of control. It's mayhem. I, I don't know what to do. Well, you're right on time. Seven o'clock. Seventh at seven. Filthy something gets. You can always clean it right up. There were so many. I just gave them all what they wanted. Yeah. But since when does anyone have a clue about what they want? 
So do I do. Parting your soup is not a miracle, Bruce. It's a magic trick. A single mom who's working two jobs and still finds time to take her kid to soccer practice, that's a miracle. A teenager who says no to drugs and yes to an education, that's a miracle. People want me to do everything for them when what they don't realize is they have the power. You want to see a miracle, son? Be the miracle. What do you have in your hands? What has God given you? God's not asking you to give something you don't have. Oftentimes that God says, what do you have? What are you willing to give? What are you willing to lay down? Watch me do something with that. Watch me do the miracle with a with little bit that you bring to the table. You know, do your words line up with what you're praying for? There's so many times I, I hear people, they'll, they'll be like, oh, we're praying and believing for a house, and then they pray for it, and then they're like, this market is so hard. Like, I'm never going to find a home. Like, it's so difficult. And I'm like, you just undid what the faith prayer that you just walked out in. You just cursed the seed that you just planted in the ground. Sometimes we just need to shut our mouths. We keep getting in the way. Let some worship go through. Let some faith messages build you up. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Uh, this is kind of a weird one. I don't want to rush through this, but forgive. Point number four, forgive. I think some of us, and I had to do this, it's a weird concept, but you have to forgive God. And some of you are like, wait a second, but God's perfect. He didn't do anything wrong. Why would we need to forgive him? The reason, though, we forgive is not for that other person. It's actually for ourselves. Because when we forgive, that's when we can begin to see healing. And so we have to forgive God for not meeting our expectations, for not jumping at the gun when we say, God, we need this now. It has to happen now. And so we, we forgive God, and it's actually going to bring healing to your heart when we do that. We have to know that he sees in whole, we see in part. He's the alpha. He's the omega. The beginning from the end, he knows it. He knows that maybe if he gave you that one job, that it actually would have been detrimental to your faith, your family, and your life. So maybe that unanswered prayer was a good thing. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So before I show this last clip, he's lost the woman he loves because of his selfishness. He, he overhears her praying that she no longer wants to be in love with him, that she doesn't want to hurt anymore, that she can't take it. And she says, God, help me forget. So Bruce realized he has all the power in the world and the power to do change, and he just keeps messing it up because he doesn't understand what God's actual will and plan is for the situation. So let's roll this last clip.
I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be God. I want you to decide what's right for me. I surrender to your will. down in the middle of a highway and live to talk about it, son. But why? Why now? Bruce, you have the divine spark. You have the gift for bringing joy and laughter to the world. I know. I created you. Quit bragging. <laughs> See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the spark. Go ahead. Use them. Um, Lord, feed the hungry and bring peace to all of mankind. How's that? Great. If you want to be Miss America. What do you really care about? Grace. Grace. You want it back? No. I want her to be happy. No matter what that means. She deserved from me. I want her to meet someone. Who'll see her always. As I do now. Through your eyes. Now that's a prayer. Yeah. Right on it. That didn't feel very good. Got a rhythm. All right, I got a pulse. All right, let's let him up. Yeah, get the backboard and brace. Fifth and final point is we have to surrender. We have to get to that place again where we trust him. We trust that he is a good father that loves you and wants the best for you. When we surrender to his will, his plan, and believe that he won't let you fall, we get the focus off ourselves 
and we stop blaming God. We start thinking about how we can be a blessing to others, even when we might be hurting, even when we might be struggling. Success in this kingdom is perseverance. It's sometimes just standing and not quitting. Sometimes when we just got to the point where you can't push forward anymore, but you just keep standing and keep believing, say, I'm not going to let the devil win in this situation. I'm not going to let him determine the direction of my life. My identity is not going to be found in my past failures. I'm going to keep on believing. You know, what's funny is, <clears throat> if God would have answered all my prayers in uh, San Diego... I'm actually not so sure that I would have came to Utah. And that, and and now that I'm here and I'm in this land, in this valley, in the blessing, started started our own company, ministry, like my kids are flourishing. We, we, you know, we had a birth of our fourth child who is now a Utahan, not a transplant. Like none of that would have happened if God would have answered my prayers back then. And so I want you guys to take away from this that maybe, just maybe, God has purpose in what you're going through. Maybe, just maybe, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's a loving father with arms wide open who will say, well done, good and faithful servant. You didn't let discouragement take you out. You didn't let offense keep you from pushing forward. Philippians 3.12 says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Let's press on. Let's persevere. Let's believe again. Let's give it a go, as the Australians say. Let's do it. So there's two people, two kind of people I want to pray for today. Talking about surrender. There's some of you in this room, and you've actually never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've actually never invited into your heart. You've never made that decision. But today, you're saying, I think I'm tired of having doing this all by myself. I'm tired of having my will, that I'm the one on the throne. I want to put God in his rightful place. And so with everyone's head bowed and everyone's eyes closed, if that's you in this place today, and you say, Scott, that's me. I, I, I've never surrendered my life to him, but I want to do that today. I want to make that decision. I want to let him have his will be done. If that's you, will you just raise up your hand so I can see it? I'll acknowledge that hand and you can put it down. I see that hand. Is there anyone else that you're done trying to do it your way? That you want to experience life and life to the fullest in him? Is there anybody else? I feel like there's one more person. I honestly do. In a room this size, I saw your hand, thank you. I see that hand, thank you. The way you know right now is your heart's pounding. <laughs> You're like, I don't wanna raise my hand. 
I'm scared. There's nothing to be scared of right now. There's love on the other side of this. So what we're gonna do right now, we're gonna, there's a few of you that raised your hand. Our team was out and they were kind of looking and they're gonna approach you after service. But I wanna pray a prayer with you right now to kind of seal that deal for you and your heart and your life. So if everyone would please stand, repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins, for giving me new life, loving me despite my shame, despite my guilt, despite my pain, for forgiving me of all that I've done. Come into my heart, come into my life, make me new again. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Over here, we have the amazing Ted Miller. He wants to pray with you. He's got a Bible to give you. He's got the Following Jesus book. So before you leave, if you raised your hand, go find somebody with this prayer team tag on, and they want to just invest in you. They want to give you the next steps on this journey. And so right now, uh, I know we're a little over time, and you guys, your stomachs are probably like, is he going to wrap this up? Uh, but I don't want to miss this opportunity, because I, I, I was looking around in the crowd, and I could see that some of you are being impacted by this message. And so um, the second person that I want to pray for today is the person who's been disappointed, who's been hurt, who's, who's prayed a prayer that hasn't been answered yet, and you've been feeling this doubt, this weight. And so, without caring about anybody else right now, actually I want you to be a little selfish in this moment. I, if that's you right now, I'd love for you to come down to the altar and we're gonna see something shift in your heart and in your life right now. So I'm gonna invite the ministry team down. And then if that's you, if you feel like you need that surrender today to, to re-give back what you've taken, the doubt, fear, then I want you to just come down to the altar right now. Yes, thank you, thank you. Ministry team, if you're not one of those people, can you just come down to the front? Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your, your spirit and presence in this place right now. God, I thank you that you're restoring things Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you right now for these people that have stood out. Lord God, that they're making an acknowledgement right now here on this altar that they don't want things to stay the same. Lord God, that they want healing. They want breakthrough, Lord God. They're done with the bitterness. They're done with the, the, the deception, the lens that the enemies try to place on this thing. God, I thank you right now, Lord God, that you are doing a good work in them because you are a good father. So Lord God, I just release over them right now healing. I release over them breakthrough. I release over them peace in their hearts to believe again, to know, Lord God, that you are for them, that you are not against them, that you are with them through the darkest valley in this place today. So, Lord God, I just declare that over them right now in the name of Jesus. The love of the Father, 
the love that is not sad that 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 it's taken this long but it's is like the father of the prodigal who comes running he's running towards you right now he's running towards you i thank you for that right now jesus in your name amen amen wow what an amazing word i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did hey listen For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.